2: This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, Reddit rebels back in the game. Robinhood has removed most of its trading limits on GameStop and AMC, but play at your own risk.
3: The stock suddenly is is wily Coyote, you know, looking down with nothing underneath it.
2: Johnson and Johnson seeking FDA emergency use authorization for its COVID vaccine. That agency's former commissioner, Dr. Scott Gottlieb.
4: I think we're going to have a lot of supply in the market if this does get authorized. And the situation in terms of availability is going to start to change quite dramatically um, towards the end of March.
2: And 23andMe going public through a SPAC backed by none other than Sir Richard Branson.
5: In my opinion, there's really no better way to invest your money than healthcare. The financial returns can be very good, but it could also save your life or it could even save a family member's life.
2: What the genetic testing company is offering investors with CEO Anne Wojcicki.
0: COVID has taught us the importance prevention. And what the human genome gives you is this information about what your risks are.
2: That interview and an intimate conversation with our own Joe Kernan on what this technology means for us, human beings, to know who we're connected to and how
3: one thing that not anyone realizes you are not related to anyone on the entire planet your entire life and and you're basically star matter and when i had my daughter she was the first person that was actually a blood relative
2: it's friday february 5th 2021 squawk pod begins right now
6: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. Happy Friday. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Robinhood has removed trading limits across the board at this point. That means that some Robinhood users will be able to buy GameStop for the first time since last Wednesday. Here's where that company's trading after yesterday's forty-two percent dip. This morning, it is up by about ten and three quarters percent. That's Ooh. a gain of five dollars seventy-five cents, back Virgin. to fifty-nine twenty-five. What's that, Joe? <laughs>
3: No, no, I didn't know my mic was on. I went, wow, surging. Oh. Wow. It's it's it is, right? People can in buy again, 50. and there it is, up 11%. It's only
6: down yeah. 300
3: points. Uh,
6: AMC, also higher. It's up by about 5% to $7.45. Remember, shares of AMC had been another one of those stocks that were restricted for more than a week on Robinhood. That stock was down by 21% yesterday. In the meantime, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen met with top financial regulators late yesterday to talk about the retail trading frenzy that's been surrounding many of these heavily shorted names. A Treasury Department spokesman says that the regulators will continue to look at whether the volatility in these names and brokers' responses are, in their words, consistent with investor protection and fair and efficient markets. As you've said, Joe,
3: fair and free markets. That's what everybody wants. Fair and free market. That's all we wanted. We, don't, we can't really disclose conversations we don't have on the air, can we, Sorkin? We, 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 we were talking about this Reddit situation. Can. Okay, I, I will then. Uh, Andrew looks nervous. Remember we said, when are we going to say? No, I said, are we ever going to say we tried to warn people? And, and, you know, the nastiness of the response that you get when all you do is try to say valuations do matter. And the nastiness of the response, and it was like, you know, it's happening before our eyes what you were talking about in terms of okay so you, you really do yep. if, if it's okay that you're going to lose money fine if you know that fine but then when it happens it's unpleasant and when it you know when something is run up like that for whatever reasons for, for, yeah for whatever reasons and then you know suddenly the shorts whether they're covered or not or something changes and the stock suddenly is is wily coyote you know looking down with nothing underneath it this is what happens. If you don't want to, you don't have to enter. You're worried they called you a suit, and you love suits. So, uh, I, I, you know, you said I Friday, love wearing a, I love you wearing a beautiful pinstripe suit, as you Friday. know. You said Friday. We might be able to say something on Friday, and now you're chickening out. So, fine, I'll be the one that gets the nasty mail. Hey, so you're not going gonna to let me uh, dangle out here, but hang out to dry, right, Sorkin? You're not going to disclose any, any private conversation? We can say...
1: We told well, you say so. something. Say, we told say, you so. Okay. If you thought you were going to make money doing this, we right. told you so. Thank you. There I you go.
3: Drag it out of you. My word. Right. OK, uh, you you're very sensitive to some of these. Uh, I don't know. They reminded me. No, now they it, got the, the th- only
1: th- I've said it before. The, the only reason I'm sensitive is because so many of these people say you're they in didn't the care firm, about right? losing the money. And right, I just right. never believed that. But right. Well, they Who also might say if they really
3: didn't care about right. the money, sure. But they were saying you didn't care that they were going to lose money either. You were just expressing, and, and but I mean, we do. I think. Oh no, we do, I, I care. Trying. The whole point of right. But we the have whole point of this is, years is to make sure of, people don't lose money. This. We have years yes. of watching this. That finally some of the millennials come in, and this is their first experience with with the, the, the stock market. I don't know. That's not democratization. That's like the school well, of hard knocks. Look, I,
6: and and the concern is with that, if, if these are people who are new to the market and who lose their shirts on any of this stuff, that will turn them off to the markets forever. Right. And the markets are your best way over time of actually maintaining wealth and building wealth. So right. that that's it's what I rigged. worry about. I, I, I have people rigged. in my family that I've seen this happen to, right, yeah. Who 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 get burned on something like this and then want nothing else to do with it. And that's that's the concern is you want them to see how it builds wealth over time. It's
3: you know, it's right, not a, seen slot a movie machine. before it's well, we something mentioned it. where I... if you're
6: investing, it builds wealth over time.
3: Right. And we've mentioned it, I and by the way, We And Andrew's Omega more sensitive to this him.
6: because he doesn't block every single person on Twitter like you do.
3: Who does? Who doesn't? You. Yeah, he does. Uh, he, Andrew yes, doesn't he block does.
6: every person on Twitter. Like yes,
3: you do. he does. Yes, he does. They, the people send me, <laughs> look, I just got blocked by Andrew. Yes, he, yes, he does. Yes, he does. You don't know he, he does few. block people. What do you mean, very few? Did you, you, block, anyone partic- Did you block anyone yesterday? Particularly abusive. To get a block. Uh, if from I don't me, even understand uh, there what might they're be a saying. Du- if I don't even understand, there might be a dozen there's innuendo, blocked over there's innuendo, you're blocked. I have auto-block. I have, uh, yeah, you're right. I do. I love that. I, I, you know. I
6: have people who appeal to me to say, I don't even know why Joe blocked me. Can you please have him unblocked? There unblock was some me?
3: question. There was some question as to what the innuendo was. If it's anything about hair, you're blocked. Anything about hair dye, you're blocked. <laughs> anything about baldness, you're blocked. Anything about fatness, you're blocked. <laughs> anything about age, you're blocked. <laughs>
1: Johnson & Johnson said it applied for emergency use authorization uh, from the FDA for its coronavirus vaccine. And the FDA has now scheduled a meeting of a key committee to review the vaccine on February 26th. The J&J vaccine only requires one dose. Uh, It does ease logistics for health care providers. As a result, the company said last week that the vaccine was 66 percent effective overall protecting against COVID-19, although the number was skewed lower by reduced efficacy against other variants. Uh, the data showed that uh, J&J's vaccine was about 85% effective in preventing severe cases of COVID. That's very good news. The company said it is ready to begin shipping doses as soon as it receives approval, and um, we're expecting to hear more on that very soon.
6: I think that this is a game changer. I, I was really excited to hear about the emergency use authorization official request that they put in yesterday. I know the FDA is considering this at the end of the month, on the 26th. There's a lot of pressure. Um, I'd love to see it approved more quickly. Um, I I have been watching some scientific reporters who I've been following for a while, who I trust, who say, look, this is the best the FDA can do because they're chronically understaffed. This is moving very rapidly. There's a lot of data that you have to go through, but obviously um, all of us would like to see a third vaccine here in the United States get rolled out more quickly. Um, They go back and forth, and I I just want to go back to this point. The idea that the efficacy levels are not the same as the results that we saw for the mRNA ones, both Pfizer and Moderna, where they're talking about 95% efficacy. Uh, Lower efficacy numbers for this, but it's not an apples-to-apples comparison because the trials that were being run for the J&J vaccine um, came later when there's these other variants that are out there. A lot of their testing was done in South Africa. I think they had something. This is a massive test that took place. It was 45,000 people. 15% of it was in South Africa where you had this, this other South African strain running around. So it, it proved more effective in terms of 85% cutting out the severe um, severe issues in hospitalizations and cutting out 100% of death, even in South Africa where they were running those trials. So those numbers hold true even against these other variants. And I think that's incredibly important. We are used to getting a flu shot where it doesn't necessarily mean you're not gonna get the flu that year, but even if you get it, you're less likely to get a severe case of it. And I think that's how people need to be looking at these things. This is gonna be a game changer because I I think in the quarter, you'll wind up, if it's approved, in the second quarter, getting 100 million doses from J&J, and that's 100 million people. Between that and the 200 million doses you're going to see from Moderna and from Pfizer, we are talking about 300 million people that will be able to be vaccinated, and that is a no, serious that, game that, changer in this country. That's two
3: doses. You need. You need. You, you got to divide the. Yeah, the 200 Moderna million, but it's
6: 100 million for each of them. Right, the, 100 million. Yeah, it's 100 but million for each. That's for each, the thing with J and
3: J. The the 50 percent Moderna on the first shot, so 75 percent or whatever it was, whatever yeah. it, lower it is, it's one shot and it's easier to, to handle and, and refrigerate and, right. and you know get it. I might. And, I might
6: and get by the them all. way, they are running a test right now on two shots for J and J. I think they're about halfway through, maybe yeah, eight weeks. That'll cycle, be so they're, they're running, uh, yeah, running a test to see what would happen after two shots. Of that 90, so, I, you know, I, I think it's nothing but but good news,
3: right? And you know, there are different variants, and there's there's hundreds and probably thousands of, of different variants that that we see. But we this is really. A, a great technology to modify—you can modify it very quickly. You got to produce it again, obviously, after you modify it. But they know the exact sequence, and it's just really exciting. It, it, it's a model for, for what we can do uh, with molecular uh, genetics at this point, and, and even the automation of it. So it's all—it's all good. Hopefully, hopefully we. Can, but it's worrisome. It as it, science uh, as it, question did. for you, Joe.
1: Yeah, Joe. Science question. I understand how you can change the model very quickly on the mRNA. The Pfizer and Moderna yep. one?
3: yeah. J&J and some of the others? Same, same thing? Nah. I, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, they're all nucleic of it's acids. With the messenger RNA, it's just, you know, it's a little bit different than, than DNA. I, I think it's single strand. Well, we don't need to get into all that, but uh, it, it's not that different. It's not that much more difficult okay. to do. it. I was cloning things, and not, not the cloning you think, but cloning genetic sequences. I don't even want to say how long ago. What is it? Uh, 40 years ago. I was cloned with plasmid and phage okay. and everything else. So I, I've done it. I've, hmm. I haven't i have changed the DNA, but I've cloned it out of, out of the genome. It's not about me.
2: Next on Squawk Pod, more on the Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine with Dr. Scott Gottlieb.
4: Could you stimulate multiple arms of the immune system by using these vaccines interchangeably? I think you're going to see more data looking at that question coming out towards the fall.
2: Immunizing America, right after this. This is Squawk Pod. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin.
1: Welcome back to Squawk Box. J&J submitting its application to the FDA for uh, the emergency use of its COVID vaccine. This coming as the rate of vaccinations picking up the number of people who have received at least one shot is now higher than the total number of reported U.S. infections. I want to bring in former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb. He currently serves on the boards of Illumina and Pfizer, of course, also a CNBC contributor. It's great to see you, Scott, this morning. Uh, we They've now... Put this into the FDA. How quickly do you think we're going to hear back and how quickly can we get
4: uh, the jab? Well, the FDA scheduled an advisory committee for later this month on the 26th. If um, you know the past precedent is prologue here, you're going to see them probably make an authorization shortly after that. They've issued the last two authorizations just after those advisory committees completed. So they did a lot of the work in advance. So if things go well and the, the data supports an authorization here, which we think it will based on what we've seen put out by the company already, I think you could have this available um, by early March. And remember, J&J is going to be prepared to supply the market, at least in that first month, with, with tens of millions of doses. Um, you know, They've talked about maybe 30 or 40 million doses within the first month, possibly, based on some of their public statements. And so that's a lot of additional supply coming into the market in March in addition to the upwards of 220 million doses that will be, have, will be supplied by Moderna and Pfizer by the end of March. So I think we're gonna have a lot of supply in the market if this does get authorized, and the situation in terms of availability is gonna to start to change quite dramatically um, towards the end of March.
1: Scott, speak to the issue though of distribution. Obviously, one of the benefits of the J&J vaccine is the refrigeration issue is not, is not an issue. Are there certain places in the country that you think are going to get this in a way that maybe they weren't getting the Pfizer or Moderna drug? And also, is there going to be a battle over consumers wanting to get one or the other, given some of the efficacy numbers that we've
4: heard uh, already? Yeah, we have to wait and see what FDA does, whether or not this gets a broad label or whether or not the data allows the agency to try to authorize this um, in certain targeted populations. We don't know what the data shows and whether or not there's a difference in efficacy across different groups depending on age or comorbidities. So we need to wait and see that. It's possible that it could get a different label than the other products. But assuming that it doesn't, I think you will see this pushed into pharmacies and more or steer settings, while the other vaccines that need to be kept in special conditions, including the Pfizer vaccine, the company I'm on the board of, are put into more of the large distribution sites where they have equipment on hand to, to handle those vaccines in the ultra-cold storage temperatures that are required for the distribution of uh, those products. But I, I suspect that this vaccine is going to get thrown into the mix, that it's not going to be Um, distributed in a special way where consumers are going to be able to say, I'm going to this site to get this vaccine or this site to get another vaccine, Um, unless the FDA does give a label on this that's a little bit more narrow than the other products.
1: What do you think the chances that those who are taking the J&J vaccine will end up getting a second shot if, in fact, the studies come back that show that uh, that a booster uh, improves the situation and its efficacy?
4: Yeah, we have to wait and see what the data shows. But I would say the chance is probably pretty good. I think that data is probably going to show that you get an increment in efficacy. We've seen that with all the other vaccines when you've delivered a second dose. And this vaccine, J&J has a lot of experience with this platform. One of the concerns about delivering a second dose of a viral-based vaccine, a viral vector vaccine, is that you develop antibodies to the vector itself, to the delivery vehicle. But J&J has shown with a lot of data that they have on this vaccine where they've used it in other settings that this sort of eludes the immune system and you don't develop neutralizing antibodies to the vector itself. And so that lends itself to receiving a second dose. So I would expect, I mean, this is just my my hunch, but I would expect that data to look pretty good in terms of getting increments of benefit from that second dose. And so people who get the first dose may well, when supply is available, come back to get a booster with this. The other thing you're seeing in the literature right now and discussions among virologists is whether or not you can mix and match these vaccines. And there's going to be some studies underway looking at, for example, using a viral vector vaccine and then boosting it with an mRNA vaccine or vice versa. So that you're trying to elicit a full complement of an immune response. There's some speculation that perhaps the viral vector vaccines um, do a better job or they're particularly good at eliciting a CD4 and CD8 cell response a T cell response. And so could you uh, stimulate multiple arms of the immune system by using these vaccines interchangeably? I think you're going to see more data looking at that question coming out towards the fall.
6: Scott, what do you mean when you say that they could give a narrower prescription from the FDA in terms of who'd be using it? Would it go to people who are not in high-risk populations? Or what, what do you mean?
4: Well, we don't know what the data looks like, right? So there was a decline in efficacy relative to the existing vaccines. And so we don't know whether or not Um, this vaccine is showing lower efficacy across the board. And and mind you, it's still a very efficacious vaccine, so I don't mean to imply this isn't an effective vaccine. But we don't know whether or not um, it's showing declines in efficacy in certain subgroups or whether or not that's across all subgroups, and you really can't identify a patient who isn't deriving um, the same level of benefit as another patient. If the FDA is able to look at that data and say, for example, and this is just speculation, um, I don't don't have any idea that, that the vaccine is demonstrating this, but if you see you know, that people over a certain age are the ones who are experiencing uh, more of the breakthrough infections or people with certain comorbid conditions, and if the FDA, FDA is able to identify that, you might see a label that's a little bit more nuanced. So that's why the FDA needs to look closely at that data. So the FDA review is going to provide a lot of insight. Okay,
1: Scott, thank you so very, very much. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. And right, by the so. way, Super, Super Bowl, be careful at the Super Bowl. I mean, if you're having Super Bowl parties, Basically, don't have Super Bowl parties, right? That's the point.
3: Don't cheer. Don't uh, don't do anything.
2: Still to come on SquawkPod, the latest high-profile company to announce it's headed to the public markets via a SPAC. Hear why 23andMe founder Ann Wojcicki says this is the right time for the genetic testing company.
0: We were private while we built really this infrastructure that I felt like is so important for us to execute on all the things we want to do.
2: And Joe Kernan on reactions to this brave new world. Just for this podcast.
3: It runs the gamut from delight to abject horror and fear that their life's going to be exposed.
7: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery. Packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx Service Guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Hey
3: everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
2: You're listening to Squawk Pod, taking you behind the sounds of Squawk Box on CNBC. Genetics testing and genome research company 23andMe is set to go public through a SPAC, backed by Virgin Group founder Sir Richard Branson in a $3.5 billion deal. As part of the deal with Virgin Group, 23andMe will receive proceeds of $759 million, which includes $250 million from a range of investors. The ticker symbol when the company starts trading on the NYSC will be ME. Virgin Group founder Sir Richard Branson and 23andMe CEO and co-founder Anne Wojcicki joined us on Squawk Box this week. Here is that interview with CNBC's senior health and science reporter Meg Terrell and our own Joe Kernan, who has a personal interest in over-the-counter genetic testing. Sir Richard, let's start with you.
8: Tell us about this decision to choose 23andMe. You said you looked at hundreds of companies, but you see tremendous growth potential here. Where do you see that coming from? <laughs>
5: Well, I was a very early investor in 23 Me, um, and I, I was lucky enough to know Anne in those days. Um, I was also a very early user. I actually uh, discovered that I had a great, great, great grandmother who was Indian, um, and we've managed to track a great gravestone down. Um, so uh, I've been incredibly impressed with Anne and her team uh, over the years, and, um, and, you know, of the hundreds of companies we, we looked at, um, this was the one that's, that really stood out.
8: Mm, so you just mentioned the ancestry applications of 23andMe. Of course, they have been a pioneer in healthcare and trying to bring that really directly to patients and consumers. Where do you see the growth coming from, more from the healthcare side or the ancestry side?
5: I think the, the, the bread and butter is the ancestry business um, to date. Um, uh, but the, but 23andMe now enables people to take control of their health, um, to lead healthier lifestyles. Um, and then, uh, with the knowledge they've got, they can develop drugs much quicker, um, to cure people. Um, and then, you know, since investing in 23andMe a number of years ago, but, you know, we, we at Virgin have gone on to invest in companies seeking to cure cancer, to diabetes, um, heart and liver issues, um, and so on. And we've also set up companies like Virgin Pulse to help people lead healthier lives. And, and in my opinion, there's really no better way to invest your money than healthcare. Um, the, returns, the financial returns can be very good, but it, but it could also save your life or it, could, or it could even save a family member's life. So it's great to, to put a percentage of your money, I think, into healthcare. We know
8: that 23andMe has been working on also helping with the drug development efforts, partnering with major companies and really tapping into this incredibly rich uh, database of genetic information with you know users opting into research. Do you see that growing as a part of 23andMe's business under this new vehicle you have?
5: Very much so. And I think one, one of the reasons they wanted to go public um, was to... Uh, have the sort of resources that you need when you're developing drugs. But, you know, what, what appealed to me was the fact that, you know, with that enormous data of 10 million, uh, you know, customers so far and, and all that information, uh, that they should be able to, uh, to develop drugs, you know, in three and a half years rather than seven years, which a conventional drug company takes. Um, and, 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 and that's it. That's extraordinary because um, developing drugs is extremely expensive. And, um, and I think that's the real big upside of this company.
3: It's actually kind of a personal question, Richard. I have not done this, but uh, I, my kids have. And I, I was adopted. So suddenly my kids know relatives that they had no idea about. They'd live in Michigan, that live in Texas. And the whole privacy the thing is is fascinating to me. And I'm just wondering about what type of legal concerns there are when all of a sudden people all over find out that what they thought they were wasn't exactly who they think they are. And it opens up all kinds of of nightmarish privacy concerns and I, I just i wonder how you navigate that and i, I don't know whether ann heard the whole question I, I understand she's good now but you know what i'm talking about richard it's its crazy what what some families find out from
5: 23andme well this is this is one i would love to have ann Anne on, on the phone to, to answer but i've got friends who've um uh discovered brothers uh through 23andMe, through and have been absolutely and utterly delighted to to to, tra- tra- to track a uh, right. you know a half brother or brother down. So, um, so I don't generally think it's 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 a night it's nightmarish. I think it's actually something which is it's really generally but really nice to um, to to discover um, people that you didn't know existed.
8: So we've got uh, Anne Wojcicki is with us now, and it's great to see you this morning. And, and I of course want to have you address Joe's question, but I have to ask you. You know, one of the last times I think we saw each other in person was at this conference in Las Vegas, the health conference. I asked you if you'd ever if you were considering an IPO. And at the time, granted, this was more than two years ago, you said it sounded miserable to be a public (laughs) company CEO. You said there's a time and a place when you're steady and growing. So are you at that time and place? I mean, why go public now? Why throw a spag? Just tell us.
0: It's it's a great question, and I, I, it's you're not the first to ask. So I think I've been really convincing about the fact that we were going to stay private for a long time. Um, and we did. We did stay private for a long time. And frankly, we were private while we built really this infrastructure that I felt like is so important for us to execute on all the things we want to do, like really be able to take on, on therapeutics, really be able to take off on the consumer vision. So what happened now is there's a the maturity within the company There's an establishment with our customers about how we operate. There's an establishment with our investors about what the mission of the company is and how we always put our customers first. And so now we're really at a point in time where I'm I'm ready to explode. Like there's huge opportunities on therapeutics and huge opportunities for our consumer business.
8: And let's, uh, you know, go back to Joe's question. I mean, this privacy question has been one that you have always uh, had really as the forefront of your considerations in business. I mean, how, how are you looking at that and, and questions that consumers might have about their privacy on health or,
0: you know, what they might discover? You know, for me, privacy has always been about choice and transparency, So the the most critical component of 23andMe is that we give our customers the ability to have a choice to get their genetic information and a choice to learn about additional relatives and a choice to learn about additional health information. And then we're transparent about, do you want to opt into research? We have a phenomenal collaboration with GSK, really trying to move this, this information forward to make therapeutics that are going to be personalized that will really cure disease. So the tenants for me on privacy have always been about choice and transparency.
8: And you know we're just about out of time, but I have to ask you know are we going to see new things from 23andMe? What what's next for growth
0: for you? Oh, I think we're we're really just about to take off. I think that's what is just is is so exciting here is the 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 you know the therapeutics team came to me um, you know last year and just said we are exceeding expectations. It's just taking off. So there's a huge opportunity there. And then on the consumer side, we're at this sudden point because of COVID, where there's a a whole world that's coming of virtual care. And how is it that we can help our customers really think about prevention? Like, think about COVID has taught us the, the importance of prevention. And what the human genome gives you is this information about what your risks are. And now what we're gonna be able to do is give you more and more of those tools. How do you help keep, the, our, keep our customers healthier? We found over 75% of our customers were already taking actions, trying to be healthier. And so the next era for us is about using your genetic information to benefit from the human genome and actually have a healthier, longer life.
8: And Wojcicki, we appreciate you being here. So Richard Branson, you as well, thank you both so much.
2: Following that interview, I caught up with Joe while he was on his way home from the studio. You might hear a few car sounds, like his blinker. Hello. Hi. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you?
2: Great. You sound fantastic, Joe. What do you know about 23andMe? About what the company does?
3: Um. I mean, I obviously I you know have an advanced degree in you know molecular biology, so I understand how you know how genetics works. So what I know about the actual product is that. I think my son and my daughter both did it. Uh, and as a result, and because of my, uh, my background or because of my, you know, just uh, my situation having been adopted, I know some of the, I've seen firsthand some of the repercussions of, <laughs> of what can happen uh, when a lot of different people start seeing, you know, that they're, absolutely related to other people you definitely need to consider some of the consequences of what's going to become a parent that maybe wasn't apparent for a person's entire life i mean you can imagine i mean you can go through the scenarios it's, uh, your, your your child might not be your child uh you might uh, grow up and find out you've got siblings somewhere else around the world that you had no idea that you had because your father was i mean just think of the scenarios that you can paint and there's a lot of can there's a lot of stuff a lot of closet a lot of things in people's closets that 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 people don't know that can come out from this information if you're if you're not careful
2: it's funny because you'd think that the good thing about genetic testing would be what it could tell you about your own health or predilections for certain kind of diseases, the future. And it's interesting that it's really all the stuff that's coming out of the past from people getting their genome sequenced that is getting the most headlines and is also kind of causes a lot of sort of emotional response to to stories about using this company.
3: Well, when I was born and you put someone up for adoption. The, the, my mother went away. She went yeah, to a, sure. a place where she could uh, have the baby and she was guaranteed along with my birth father, that this was would be a closed adoption and that the, the info would never ever get out. And that obviously was not the case. It was, I don't know if they could have ever really believed that, but it wasn't the case. And it, it, I found out before before my kids showed up as cousins to, to all these other people, wow. I already knew and I had, I had found out in different ways. But if I hadn't, <laughs> that would have been, you know, and, and it wouldn't have taken my birth parents giving me OK because it, it was their grandchildren that they're talking about that may or may not have known anything was going on and wouldn't have wouldn't have known not to allow this information to be. Uh, to, to not stay private. And they would have had no idea. And, and a lot of people that thought things were, were buried years ago are finding out that they weren't buried. And, and you need to be prepared for that.
2: Can, can I ask you, was it hard that your children wanted to do this? Because you said you, you chose not to do it yourself.
3: No, I, what do you, I don't, oh, not to do the twenty three yeah. No, 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 no. I, I grew up an only child and I, now I have like 11 siblings, brothers and sisters. I know them all. Uh, I haven't met, um, I haven't, I've talked to my, both of my birth parents, but no, I've, I have no problem with, with anything. And I, and, you know, my initially, you know, every case is different, but, you know, my birth father tried to hang on to the idea that, well, there's a lack of clarity. Well, it became very clear when all of his grandkids were uh, so closely related to, genetically to my kids that it, it, you know, people need to face the fact people need to face and that's fine I, I have no I would take 23 and me I just I don't know what do you got to do spit in something I, I'll do that I never looked for my birth parents while my um, parents that adopted me I were still alive I just I don't know I, I didn't feel uh, I was just a very tiny baby when I got adopted but you know I finally was able to tell my mother that and father that you know, nobody else was was going to be there and you see what happens when a, a kid when a kid doesn't have um, you know the love of a, of, of a parent and it's you know I owe them I owed them because I was, I was 12 weeks old or whatever when I was adopted but um, so I, I didn't really pursue it and then my wife um, Penelope is a Facebook genius and she and an internet genius and she found everybody and then uh, it was funny because initially it happened with, I went on Regis and Kathy Lee, and they do this all the time. For they work with adoption angels, and they actually found my found my mother, and she was. I didn't was know scary, that. Oh yeah, that was a scary original phone call. One thing that not anyone realizes that, and I, you know, I'm watching. There's a great TV show called Anne with an E. She was an orphan, but she made the point: you, you, you are not related to anyone on the entire planet. Your entire life, and and you're basically star matter, you your chem, you know, you all your, your chemicals came from, from the stars, and that's all you are, you're, you're descended from the stars, because you don't know one other person on the earth that you're related to, and when I had my daughter, she was the first person that was, that was actually a blood relative, and it becomes actually really special, and really, uh, it becomes a big deal, and it was well, my son, so, but now I got, like I said, I got, like, I don't know, I have not even count, I got, like, I think I got, like, 10, um, half-siblings. And I'm pretty close to, to a couple of them, really close, in fact, that, to a couple of them.
2: That's wonderful, because Sir Richard said something about, he used the phrase uh, that people have been absolutely delighted to make, to make family connections. And, and that seems like the best possible scenario for me.
3: Right. It, runs, it runs the gamut, believe me, it runs the gamut. <laughs> right. from, from, from delight to abject horror and fear that that their life's going to be exposed.
2: I have not watched Anne with an E, but I'm a huge fan of the original Anne of Green Gables from the 80s. I bet oh, I've been I've, it's I've, I Just went to, to I went to Red Prince Edward Rock. Island. It's fantastic. You've got to go. Oh, beautiful. It's beautiful. You see the whole place and you see what inspired that. amazing. Well, you've
3: got to watch that. How can you have read it and have been there and not watch it, but get your tissue box. <laughs> get your tissue box ready. <laughs>
2: I will. I will. All right. Thank you, Joe, so much. Thanks for sharing this with us.
3: All right. Have a great Super Bowl weekend. <laughs>
2: you too. Thanks. That's Squawk Pod for today and for another week. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. Subscribe to and share Squawk Pod and tell us what you think. Tweet us at SquawkCNBC. You can also follow at Andrew R. Sorkin,
3: at Becky Quick, and maybe at Joe Squawk if you follow a few guidelines. I have auto-block. If it's anything about hair, you're blocked. Anything about hair, dye, you're blocked. Anything about baldness, you're blocked. Anything about fatness, you're blocked. Anything about age, you're blocked.
2: We'll meet you back here on Monday. Have a good weekend.
3: Block. Block. Uh, All right.
7: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you